Hey, this is Pastor Justin, and before we get to the message this week, I want to ask a quick favor of you. If you find this podcast encouraging, could you please take a quick second and leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform that you're listening? It really helps to build an audience, and it lets others know that you think this is something worth listening to. Thanks, and I hope you find this week's message life-giving. All right, guys. Like Justin said, my name is Jeremy. Uh, I'm the assistant pastor here at Capitol Vineyard, and I am really excited about this morning. Um, as the youth guy, one of the things that I get to talk to the students about is, is building identities, right? They're at that age. Most of them are at an age where they're building their identities. And so we get to talk about what, where we build our identities as Christians, what we should be building them in and what we shouldn't, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm real pumped because this morning, I get to bring that here. I get to talk to you guys about identity, all right? And I know that that's, you might be thinking like, oh, I don't really know. It's a youth thing, right? That seems like a student thing. But trust me, keep up. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited, okay? Where this really hit for me was uh, when I was in college. Identity is something that has been, I don't know, kind of on my heart for a long time. And as Justin was telling me, hey, you're getting ready to preach again. What do you want to talk about? We're going to go through junk drawer, which is really just like messages that we have saved, that we haven't, don't really have a sermon series to put them in. And he was telling me that I get to pick my own, and I was excited. And so I got looking at my, my junk drawer of messages, and identity is really on the top of that list. Um, and it came from when I was in college. I was at Asbury. Um, I did this thing. It's called Transition and Guidance, and it was like a tag program. Uh, it's where like the sophomores get to help the freshmen transition into college. And through that, we, I learned a lot about how awful freshman orientation is from the setup side because it was like all of the work lands on those sophomores to set up the whole thing. And I was a baseball player in college. Um, at Asbury, I came in as a baseball player, and most people knew the baseball team as they were like those guys. Um, if, you're, if you are still young enough, you know who those guys are, right? They were those guys. Like, they were not somebody you really wanted to be in, connect, in connection with. They were just the baseball team, right? They were their own people. They just, they did their own thing. We were, like, up on a hill. Like, nobody messed with us. It was, I was a baseball player. And so, as we were setting up for this, I remember, uh, I had a buddy, actually, who did it with me. His name was Matt. And as we were setting up for our for the orientation, we had to like stuff folders, which was terrible. I, if you ever have to stuff folders, it's awful. Um, but we were stuffing folders for the freshmen. And as we were doing it, we were, you know, it was a, really a like, four-hour-long thing, and we were trying to make it fun. We were having games. We were talking, joking. Um, we actually sang some Sound of Music. I don't know if you know me much about me, but Sound of Music is my jam. I'll sing that all the time. Um, so we were like hanging out, having a good time. And, and one of the girls that we were, I was working with, she stopped, and she was like, you know what, Jeremy? When they told us that they were hiring baseball players to be part of this group, we were all very upset. And I was like, ah, uh, what? Like, what? Like that? What do you mean you were upset? And she was like, no, like, none of us really wanted you guys to be a part of this because we had a reputation, right? We had a reputation of who we were on, on campus. Like, that's just who it was. And she went on to say, like, after everybody laughed and they were like, ha, yeah, we all felt that way but they were like laughing at us. And after they were done with it though, she said, she went on to say, but now that I know you guys, you guys aren't baseball players at all. And I was like, hold on a second, one, one moment. I've been playing baseball since I was six. 
Like, Matt has also been playing baseball since he was six. Like, we are baseball players, right? That was our identity. That's who we were. And she was like, but you're not baseball players. And so I didn't really understand. I mean, I knew that that meant I was different than the rest of the baseball team, but I didn't really get it. And I struggled with that for a couple weeks, actually, of like just kept thinking about why she would say something like that and why the way she said it meant so much to me. And then we had a chapel. It's somewhere in the middle of that semester, we had this chapel where a speaker actually talked about identity. And as he was talking about identity, it hit me that, like, that's what she meant. Like, all of a sudden, like, my identity wasn't just built in baseball, right? I was more than that. I was more than just a baseball player. And it started all making sense to me. And that's when I first wrote down this identity series, the sermon. And trust me, at that point in my life, I had no intentions on preaching ever. And so, like, I just had it in my pocket, in my phone, saved for, like, in case I ever wanted to talk to somebody about it, right? But I always felt like it was something I should be talking about. And I never understood why. And like, I was like, I don't, God, why are you putting this on my heart? I don't get it. Now I get it. So I'm here. And we're talking about identity. And Justin, uh, in our Taboo series, he talked about sex, right? Uh, one of our, I think it was the second message in Taboo, was a sex message. And in the middle of that message, he was talking about sexuality a little bit. And one of the things he said was, uh, through our sexuality, often, a lot of times, we build our identities in our sexuality. And that hit me really hard because I was like, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to preach on and I'd already read like my list of things to preach on and then he made that comment and I was like, dude, God's telling me to go back to this thing. So that's where we're at. We're at identity. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And this morning, we're, we're going to get into a story in Exodus. It's actually Exodus chapter 4. It's the story of Moses and the burning bush. It's chapter 4, verse 10. It's going to be on the screen, but before I read it, I just want to tell you guys kind of what's going on right here in this at this point. So Moses, Moses has like living in the desert all by himself. Uh, he's a shepherd in the desert and he's like on a hill. I picture him on a hill and he's talking to a burning bush, like a bush lit on fire. And it was God who is talking to Moses okay, through this bush. And God is like, all right, Moses, time for you to go do your thing. And you're going to go free my people from Israel, right? Or from Egypt, not Israel. That's my bad. Um, you're going <laughs> to go free my people from Egypt, right? And so Moses is like, yeah, but no, like, I don't want to. Uh, no, thanks. And so God's like, no, you're going to go, and you're going to do this. And Moses says, he asks him, like, what do, like how are they going to know who, I, who you are? Like, what, who I, what do I tell them? That's where God says, makes an I am statement. We'll come back to that in a minute. Um, but then God says, it, Moses says, like, how, what, how do I prove to them that you sent me? And so God does these two things. He gives them these two, like, amazing signs. He's got the staff. He puts it on the ground. It's a snake. And he picks it up. It's not a snake. And then he does, like, this leprosy thing. I'm just going to call it a leprosy thing for the rest of this because it's hard to explain. But, like, he sticks his hand in his cloak, and it's leprosy. He's got leprosy. And then he sticks his hand back in, and it's gone. Um, so it's just going to be the leprosy thing from now on. Um, but, like, so God shows him these two things, these two amazing things. And Moses is still like, uh, I don't really know. So he's a little wishy-washy. But that's where we're going to pick up, okay? So it's chapter 4, verse 10. It'll be on the screens if you want to read it with me, okay? It says, uh, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak. Uh, I will teach you what to say. Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. So looking at this story, two things jump out to me, like really fast. But before I get into that, like, I don't understand Moses here. He's like, God, God's like, do this thing. And he's like, no, thanks. Like, I don't, I don't. I feel like if God were to tell me to go do something, I'd be like, 
you got it, dude. Like, especially if I had a staff that turned into a snake. Like, I'd be like, all right, let's go. But two things that jump out really fast from Moses, okay? Look into the story. We're going to go through these two things that jump out. And then our third point, we're going to kind of take, some, take a, little, a little journey. I'm going to call it the Bible stream. We're going to take a little journey on the Bible stream. And you guys are going to have to follow. We're going to make a few jumps. I'm, I'm excited for it, though, okay? So first things first, what's happening here? What is, what is Moses doing? Moses is telling God, I'm not good enough for this. I'm not good enough for this task that you, tried and you want me to do, right? Um, he, he's, he's, he's building his identity. He, he, he shows us where his identity is built. Very quickly in this, he shows us what he thinks his identity is. And in Moses' eyes, right, his identity is the fact that he can't talk very well, and he's not the brightest bulb in the, bomb, in the chandelier, right? He's not very smart, and he's, he doesn't speak very well, and that's where he builds his identity. Moses is arguing with God, saying, dude, you're wrong. I'm not good enough for this. I can't do this thing because I know where my identity is. I know what I can do and what I can't do, right? And I think as people, as humans, that, that we oftentimes, we do this. As people who are broken, right, we're hurting, we, we're, we're already in this fallen world, this broken world, I think so often we build our identities in our brokenness, right? We build our identities in our brokenness. And don't get me wrong, I'm not immune, right? It's not you guys or, or people build them. I do too. We build our identities in this brokenness because when you look in a mirror, be honest with yourselves, when you look in a mirror, do you see the perfect you staring back at you? I would be willing to bet you don't because I don't, right? I don't always like what I see in the mirror, and it's not just a, I don't like, like a physical thing of what I, what's looking back at me. I have things that I wish I could change, but it's also a spiritual thing. When you look in the mirror, you see yourself deeper. We all do, and we don't like what we see all the time. We don't always like what's looking back at us. And that's exactly what Moses is doing. Moses has looked in the mirror, right? He's looked in the mirror, and he's been like, God, I can't. I can't go talk to these people because I'm not good enough. I can't speak. I can't do this. He doesn't like what he sees. And this is important that, that not any of us, probably none of us, I would hope none of us, I actually hope you do, but probably none of us are walking around flaunting our brokenness, are we? We don't walk around, we don't walk into a situation and say, hey, hey, I'm not good at talking, so don't talk to me, right? We don't do that. We don't flaunt our brokenness in the world, right? We try to hide it. We do this thing, and when I, when I talk about where we build our identities, we, we build our identities around our brokenness, really. Because what happens is we have, this, we have this thing that we don't want anybody to see, and we don't want to look at it ourselves, right? We want to keep it hidden. So what we do is we put on these masks. We've, we've talked about masks before, and I'd be willing to bet that every person in this room at one time or another has worn a mask, has worn a mask to hide what you don't want people to see. And, you, and we hide our identities, we hide our brokenness through humor or whatever it may be through our looks. Whatever it is, we hide it so that's what people focus on, right? We want people to focus on this thing that we're building our identity in so they don't focus on our brokenness. So they don't see us for our brokenness, all right? So now we're going we're gonna to have a little bit of fun. Glass bottles, right? I'm going to ask a few questions I want you guys to answer. Please don't leave me hanging up here. I don't like it when that happens. It happens in youth all the time. Yeah, I know. Um, like, answer the questions. They're not trick questions. They're really easy. First question, what is that? 
thank you, it's a trash can. That's right, it's actually a God can. That's right, because God can. What are these? I'm going to call them glass bottles because I can. They're glass bottles, okay? So I'm going to have a little fun because we tried this this morning. It didn't work very well. That's what happens when you get good bottles. So now what do I have? Right? I've got broken bottles. To you guys, to us, when we look at this, I see a trash can full of broken bottles, right? We all do because we see the brokenness don't we? We all see the brokenness in the world. But this is what God sees. God doesn't see our brokenness. He doesn't see what we've been, where we've been, what we've done. God doesn't just see the brokenness. God sees our beauty. He doesn't see our brokenness. It's our beauty that he's focused on. And I don't want you guys to get me wrong that God doesn't know that we're broken because God knows, right? God knows we're broken. Jesus knew we were broken because guess what? If Jesus didn't know, would Jesus have come down to earth and died for us? Would Jesus have given himself for us on the cross? He wouldn't have. If God didn't know, Jesus wouldn't have come down to fix our brokenness, but he did, right? Jesus came and he fixed our brokenness. So look, look at Moses here. I really lost where I'm at on here. It's okay, I'll find it. Look at, uh, actually, sorry, Galatians, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Right, Jesus did it. He came down for us. Look at Moses. God knew, God knew that Moses was, gonna, was a great leader. Not that he was gonna be a great leader, but that he was a great leader, God already knew what Moses was. He saw what Moses could do, what Moses was going to do. And Moses is like, "Uh, but God, I don't really think so, right? Moses didn't like it. He questions. He questions God because Moses is building his identity here in this world, right? He's building it in the brokenness. And God is looking at Moses, and he sees what he created, right? When God created Moses, he didn't create Moses already broken, did he? He created Moses perfect, and this world broke Moses. God sees the perfect creation that he made in all of us. That's where God is focused. He's not focused on what we see and what we broke. He's focused on what he created. So God saw Moses for who he really was, and that's why God chose Moses. But, but Moses wasn't wrong, right? Moses had flaws, didn't he? Moses wasn't good at talking. That's not a lie. Moses was not good at talking. I don't know if Moses was very smart, but I assume since he didn't think he was, he probably wasn't very smart. Like, Moses wasn't wrong about that. But God knew that one day, Moses' identity, and already in Moses' life, his identity was so much bigger than the brokenness. It was so much bigger than the brokenness that that Moses could see He gave Moses the signs, right? He gave him the snake, the snake staff. He gave him the cool leprosy thing because God didn't want Moses to build his identity in the brokenness. He gave him things to build his identity in. Look, if I could walk around and throw a stick on the ground and it turned into a snake, that's where my identity would be. Be Like, look what God did. Like, God can do, like, that's awesome. That's where I would build my identity. But Moses was stuck. 
Man, he was stuck in building his identity in the brokenness. So what, what, is, what does that mean, man? If we build our identity in our brokenness and, and God doesn't see it, like, what, what do we do? What are we supposed to do at this point? And, and I think a lot of times, as Christians, and I've, honestly, I've probably said this before myself. I've probably told somebody this before. But I think so often, we hear, I hear this, this phrase of, as Christians, we need to build our identity around Jesus, right? We hear that. We build our identity around Jesus. And that's not too far of a stretch, right? Like, Jesus should be our ident- in our identity, right? We build it around him. But I don't think that's the whole thing. I don't think that's all God has planned for us. Because Jesus isn't just a building block inside of our identity. And I like to think of, like, actual building blocks. But, like, Jesus isn't, like, a central building block that we build our identity around, right? Because what happens when we build our identity around something? Just like with the masks, right? We build our identities around those brokenness, so we hide the thing in the middle, right? If Jesus is hiding in the middle, who's looking at him? Who can see who, what Jesus is or what Jesus is doing in our lives? So now we're going to take this little trip on the Bible stream. I talked about it already. Um, we're going we're gonna to look, look at Exodus. Uh, we're going to go back to chapter 3 in Exodus, which is like just before we picked up our story. It's still the burning bush, um, and God is still talking to, G- to Moses out of this burning bush. Um, so it's, it's just chapter, uh, it's chapter 3, verse 13, all right? It'll be on the screen if you want to read it, too. Uh, it says, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites, and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So God makes an I am statement. I, I would be willing to bet that a lot of us have probably heard the I am who I am statement. Um, I did a lot of research on this leading into this message, and it's very interesting. If you want to go, there's a whole lot of Hebrew out there, that uh, Hebrew scholars out there, much smarter than I am, that have looked at this and have kind of broken it down, and there's a lot of different meanings to this. But I'm not going to focus on the meaning. I'm going to focus on what, what else we can look at, okay? So God makes an I am statement here, and first of all, he makes an I am statement. He tells us who is, what his identity is, right? I am who I am. And about two verses later, I think, God says, but you're going to call me Lord. You're going to call me Yahweh, right? So God tells us in that moment, man, God has an identity too. He is, like God is, his identity is I am. He is everything, right? God has an identity. So if we fast forward in the, into the New Testament, we're going to get out of the Old Testament, go to the New Testament with Jesus. Jesus makes seven I am statements in the book of John. None of them are going to be on the screen because that was a lot. So I'm just going to read a few of them. He makes seven I am statements, okay? Jesus, uh, Jesus said, I am the salt of the earth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd, and I am the light of the world. He's talking about himself. He's talking about himself. He says, I am the light of the world. And, and earlier, it's actually earlier, I think, in Matthew, the book of Matthew, Jesus tells the people that are following him, he tells them, you are the light of the world. We are, the followers of Jesus are the light of the world. So what that tells me is, as Christians, we shouldn't be building our identities around Jesus. Jesus is our identity, right? There's nothing, there's nothing else that matters. Jesus is our identity. If he is the light of the world and we are the light of the world, 
So then we're one and the same, right? When you have Jesus in your life, Jesus is our identity. In 2 Corinthians uh, 5.21, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So in him, we might become the righteousness of God, right? That means that if we have Jesus, man, we are one and the same with God. We have God's righteousness because Jesus is our identity. He's the only identity that matters. It's not the brokenness. It's not this world. It's not the hurt. That's not our identity. Our identity is Jesus. That's all that matters. And honestly, guys, the fact of the matter is, for the most part, a lot of us are still building our identities around Jesus. We're still building our identities around Jesus instead of making Jesus our identity. You know, we're, we're, we're holding on to things we're not quite ready to let go of, right? We have these things in this world that we can't look past. We can't look past these things. And this morning, this morning we're actually going to do something a little different. And, and, and we're going to all pray together. But, but I'm going to ask that, that if you guys, if there's anybody in here that's ready, that's ready to step past, to look past the broken, anybody that's ready to look past the hurt or whatever they have in their lives that they're building their identity around, there's anybody that's ready to build their identity in Jesus, to make Jesus their identity. I'm going to ask that you guys pray that prayer with me. And if there's anybody in here who doesn't know Jesus yet, who hasn't had the opportunity to meet Jesus or the opportunity to make Jesus their identity, I'm going to ask that you guys pray a prayer with me. I'm going to ask that you guys pray that prayer with me, that you make Jesus your identity. Because honestly, guys, it's the only identity that matters, right? God sees the beauty we all have. We've got that beauty inside us because God created us that way. You know, Justin did this really cool thing with his hands as we were talking about this message. I'm going to use it. He's, he's okay with that, I think, right? So God's up here, and when God created us, right, we were here with him. We were up here with him. We weren't up here with him, but we were here with him, right? And when we came into this world, we fell. We fell hard, right, because we're broken, because this world has fallen. But God wants nothing more than for us to be back here, to be back here walking with him, to be the perfect creation that he made us to be. So if you guys will all stand up with me, we're going to pray a prayer. And if you guys are ready to take that step, if there's anybody that's ready to take that step, we have a prayer team, and they're going to be up here in the front. And they, trust me, these people are ready to pray with you guys. These people want nothing more than to pray with you guys and to help you guys and to walk you guys through any decisions that you might make this morning. Any thoughts, any prayers that you need, they're up here, and they are some of the most loving people that I know. I have prayed with these people. I have had these people pray for me. And if you guys are ready to make that step, after we're done with this prayer, we're going to go into worship, but you are welcome to move up here and talk to these ladies at any time during this next, message, this next song. All right? So if you guys will bow your heads with me and pray. Father God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for today, God. Uh, thank you for all these people in here, first of all, Lord, that they would just be in this place and, and, and here uh, with you, God. Um, thank you for your presence in this place too, Lord. Um, Lord, I want to pray that if there's anybody in here 
anybody in here that's, that's not met you yet, that hasn't had the opportunity to meet you, God, that you would reach your hand down in this place and you would just take a hold of their heart, that you would just hold on to their heart and let them know that, that you're not going anywhere, God, that you are not going to go anywhere in their lives, that you're going to be there, and that you are the firm foundation. You are their identity, God. I'm going to pray that if there's anybody in this room that you already know, that's still holding on to something else, holding on to something else that they're, they're not willing to let go of yet or they haven't been willing to let go of yet, God, I'm going to pray that you would just grab their heart too, that you would take that thing out of their life, right? Move that thing off of their heart and put, put yourself right there, Lord, right there in the center, that, that you would be their identity, that you would be the only identity that they ever need, God. I just pray that you would fill this place, fill this place with your presence, with your love. Let every person in here know that you have them, that you have them in your hand, and you're not going anywhere, God. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Justin from Capital Vineyard Community Church in Frankfort, Kentucky. Thanks for listening to our weekly message. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit us at capitalvineyard.org or on social media at at Cap Vineyard. Thanks for listening and God bless.